a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in to another week, another episode of It's Utah's What Tom Hackett, Steve Bartle with you guys as always. Hey, thanks for tuning in to all our listeners out there. We, 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 we really do appreciate it. Um, it kind of keeps us sane. We get to chat to one another, uh, talk about Utah football. Man, this episode, Steve, <laughs> this episode's going to be uh, grim, I think, is uh, maybe the best way to say it. Uh, I just ate McDonald's. It's that grim. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have a go-to order. I have a go-to order at McDonald's. Do you? Uh, man, I can't say that I do. It used to be the 20-piece McNugget, man. That was my thing. That's all you get? Yeah, when I was like eight years old, six years old. Hey, mom, give me the 20-piece the nuggets. That's what it was, man. I mean, the nuggets there are good until you kind of bite down and it's chewy. You're like, yeah, pretty sure this ain't meant to be chewy, but I'll eat it anyway. Uh, two cheeseburger, one hot and spicy. That's the order. Oh, uh, okay. It's like three bucks. Yeah, it's a great deal. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah. why would you pay $5 for a Big Mac when you can get three burgers? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make yeah, sense. It's great logic, the, the route that you're taking there. Oh, dear. All right, moving forward. Um, so college football, the Pac-12 is no longer uh, in 2020. The announcement came Tuesday. By the way, we would have had an episode on Tuesday, and I'm to blame, and I do apologize. I thought we were going down to Nate Wade Subaru this week, uh, 1207 South Main Street, by the way. Uh, it. We're going down next week. It's not this week. It's next week, Steve. And I, so uh, to all our listeners, I do apologize because we would have had an episode on Tuesday when all this breaking news stuff happened. Um, but in the meantime, before we get into all of that, there's a lot to talk about, and I'm excited to hear what Steve has to say and his thoughts on the matter. But next week, Thursday, 3 to 5 p.m., okay, if you're in Salt Lake, around Salt Lake, come see us. We're going to be down at Nate Wade Subaru, okay, 1207 South Main Street. They've got their A Lot to Love event going on right now. If you're interested in a car, I mean, it's a a double whammy for you. Come down, say hi to us, check out the the, the crazy, crazy deals that they've got going on right now. And if you're not into a car, just come down and say hi to us. There's a free popcorn machine for crying out loud. I mean, like, what more does it have to take anyway? Next week. What's next week? Let me give you an exact date just so that people aren't confused. We're looking at the 20th. The 20th of August, 3 to 5 p.m., 1207 South Main Street. 
Uh, Steve and I will be down there. Uh, Steve. Yo. What's happening, man? Man, just, uh, you know, I'm holding it together. I'm holding, I'm fighting back the tears each and every minute, man. It's a tough, tough time right now. We lost football this week for 2020. Who knows when it's coming back? I don't know. I don't have the answers. And it certainly mm-hmm. doesn't sound like Larry Scott has the answers. I'm just sad. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bearded, ginger man of sadness. It's awful. You look good. I mean, if that means anything, yeah, you look really, really good. If I, if I, if I could look that good and be sad, then I'd, I'd be happy with it. But are you still? Are you still? Uh, are you like what sort of mood are you in? Are you still shedding tears? Have the tears dried up? Are you just kind of like numb? Like where are you at? Yeah, it's it's become just like well. Okay, just you know, just so numb to all of it. It's it's unsurprising the the Pac-12 and Big Ten decided to to go the route that they did. It wasn't as big a shock as I thought it would be, and it it really like I mean I obviously talk about crying and holding back the tears, but it, it's just it's really in, in reality it's not that at all. It's just like it's just so defeating. Um, what has happened over the last few months, last half a year, it's been so defeating. And while, you know, it's been great to, you know, pick up new hobbies, pick up new, you know, sports to do golf, tennis with, you know, Kendra, like that's been fun. That's been a lot of fun. Everything, man. It's just like, it's so defeating, uh, particularly when it comes to college football and, and, you know, Pac-12 football and all that, just so defeated. The dominoes continue to fall. I think it's fair to say because, you know, it's just we can't quite catch a break. Um, and we'll jump into it, Steve. Look, I, you know, for those that didn't get to listen to Larry Scott and uh, the rest of the, the board of executives speak, Ray Anderson, the Arizona State Athletic Director was on there, Michael Schill, the Oregon president, along with uh, a fellow with the last name Orkerman. Um, he was, he is Oregon State's leading doctor of sort, I guess. Anyway, I guess it's all irrelevant. We, we heard them all talk and, um, the bottom line was the health and safety of the players is a priority for them. And the decision was made to cancel full sports because of that. And one of the interesting, uh, I think establishments over the last couple of days anyway, Steve has been this. This myocarditis, that one, myocarditis phenomenon, which has kind of appeared really out of left field. Um, and it's, it's kind of like inflammation of the heart. And it's, right. it's, it's attached to COVID-19 and certain patients have, have experienced some, some struggles with their heart, some pain, some inflammation. Uh, and that, I think that, you know, it sounded like anyway, although they, they didn't necessarily say that, it, it does sound like, Steve, that that was kind of the the final nail in the coffin, if you will. Um, the unknown surrounding that, uh, the heart condition. And I thought it was interesting. I, 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 I was on, quickly, I was on the phone to my dad. I put this out on Twitter. And for those that missed it, I'll share the story with you quickly. And I was telling him about the Pac-12. And this is kind of, you know, everything that's happened. And he was like, you know, it's interesting because, 
in Australia, they've done a really good job with the virus, by the way, for the most part. The, my home state of Victoria has struggled a little bit, but they're getting back on track. They're in lockdown number two. It's a six-week lockdown. It's incredibly strict. But, but after the, the six weeks, you know, I imagine a, a state that holds six million people will have less than 10 new cases on any given day. The rest of Australia has done really, really good. They, they're basically free uh, of the virus, but it's strict and it's not easy and it's hard and communities and, and the society down there has kind of uh, gathered together and they've, they've done what's needed to get rid of the virus. In America, I can't say the same, but long story short, he was telling me a story about a doctor who lives in Melbourne and he was an avid cyclist. He had also ran a number of marathons in his time. He contracted COVID-19. It, it, it kind of beat him up pretty good. Uh, he was quite ill, se- severely ill for about a month, just over a month. Uh, but he, he, he ended up getting cleared. He beat the virus, uh, and that, that's the good news. Uh, anyway, he went, he went on a bike ride, Steve, up to the store. Uh, it was about no more than a mile away, and it was flat. So it wasn't a tricky ride. He just thought, you know, I'll get back on and uh, pedal uh, for the first time in a while. Anyway, upon, upon returning home, he's like, man, I, I, I could barely breathe. You know, he could barely ride the circuit. And it was like a very simple ride. We're talking about somebody that's incredibly fit and, right. and has done like long, long bike rides in the past. Kind of like what you see out here in Utah. You know, those guys that ride all day up and then around the mountains. But he went and got scanned and it turns out he has this massive scar. And they, they believe it's from the virus, COVID-19, yeah. on his heart. And uh, look, he's a rare exception, granted. This isn't going to happen to everybody, but it, it has happened and it, and it will continue to happen. Um, any, anywho, long story short, he got told, Steve, 41 years of age, a doctor, smart guy, fit, in good shape. He got told that he was never going to be able to ride a bicycle or even drive a car ever again, 41. Yes, and there's a massive scar on his heart. It's permanent. It's not going anywhere. So... Um, I just think, you know, from, from the Pac-12's perspective, I totally understand where they're coming from. It's like, because the chances of that happening to a student athlete, like 0.1%, maybe even right. less than that, Steve. But well, if something like that did happen to a student athlete, college football player or other athlete, I mean, liability, talk about it. They just can't risk that. Yeah, no, that, that's the thing here is liability. And that's what this all comes down to. And I, I think... I think we've all kind of like wondered what's changed over the last few weeks. And while we've been given answers, there hasn't really been detail behind some of the answers, but after doing some digging, looking around some of the other PAC 12 um, sites at 24 seven sports, uh, it seems like there is this German study from July 27th that talks about uh, this myocarditis where they did a case study of a hundred people and 78 of them uh, ended up like having cardial issues, complications. 60 of them uh, were, were diagnosed with that myocarditis. So you have 60 out of 100 people uh, in, in various levels, intensities of, of this myocarditis. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Please don't, don't, don't hate me or judge me for, for my lack of terminology here. But when you have 60 people out of 100 um, testing positive for something like that, and it's an MRI test that they do on the heart, like I think that's what has changed and why we've seen such a, ja- a drastic change in the tone uh, of Larry Scott and of the, the Pac-12 
uh, and just their change of direction. And I know it sounds like the Big Ten has had 10 to 15 athletes um, come down with this myocarditis. And so that's why you're seeing them um, shut down their season as well. So, you know, I don't know, like, we can get into the debate of, well, what are the Pac-12 and Big Ten doctors seeing that the ACC, Big 12, and SEC doctors aren't seeing? You know, we can we can debate about that all day. But the fact is that there are 15 players in the Big Ten that have come down with this uh, complication. And while you can get myocarditis from any virus, you know, you could get it from the common flu. When, when you have a case study of 100 people and 60 people um, – test positive for it, that's that's alarming. And so that's something where you've got to raise the red flag. You've got to shut down what you're doing. And you just – you have to investigate this more and, and take precaution with it. And I think, you know, you hate to hear how repetitive um, some of the answers were and that, you know, the Pac-12 had the players' health and safety first and foremost. It almost seemed like it was just robotic in, in terms of their answers. But really when you dive into what is going on with this COVID-19, you know, they are doing what's best for the athletes right now, and that's keeping them out of contact, out of um, contracting this virus. Yeah, so it's uh, it's just a really, really weird time to be alive. It's a really, really, really weird time to cover college sports. And it's a shame because, you know, like just down the road, Steve, BYU's still practicing. And, and so it's like there's just so much diversity everybody's kind of doing their thing and it just um i I wrote a story on kslsports.com uh check it out check out youtzone.com while you're at it as well but i wrote this story and uh and i i kind of feel like the now is a good time steve for college football whether or not other conferences play or end up not playing. I guess it's irrelevant. But I just feel like now's the time to kind of make some changes. Because I, I just think where we're at uh, in the college football world, it, you know, like the future's not that bright. It just it doesn't feel like the game is progressing like other sports in North America are. Like the NFL is undefeated, and the NFL will continue to be undefeated. And there are so many reasons why. Um, Major League Baseball's had some issues, but man, they just keep on just plucking by, making their way. You know, um, other leagues, Major League Soccer's up and coming. The NBA's really good. You know, I put them number two behind the NFL just when it comes to how they handle situations and the leadership. They're but college football, just just college sports in general, basketball, whatever it is. It's such a mess. It is such a mess. And I, I think now, and the pandemic's proven this, right? It's taken a pandemic. It's ironic. It's taken a pandemic for us yeah. to kind of realize all of this. Um, I think now's the time to make some changes to the game. I, I think now's the time to to forget about the term student athlete, Steve. Let's just get rid of it because it's not uh, it's 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 not indicative of, of where the game's at. They're not amateurs. They're just not. I mean, like, right. Donald Trump is retweeting Trevor Lawrence. Right. If he was a student athlete and, a, and an amateur, Donald Trump isn't doing that. 
right. you know, these guys are semi-pro athletes. And I think that's, to me, that's black and white. I mean, there's, I have a hard time understanding how you can even really uh, debate that. I mean, they're semi-pro athletes. They deserve some cash. They're icons in certain communities. They go to school, so you can't consider them professionals. Um, but this, uh, you know what I mean? And, and like, can we get a governing body that, that handles the Power Five conferences? Like, can we get somebody to govern Power Five conferences yeah. to try and at least create some sort of parity? Just a little bit, just a little bit, Steve. What are your thoughts? No, I, I am in complete agreement with you, Tom. There are drastic changes that need to be made. And, and for me, it starts with the NCAA. You know, I, I think this whole pandemic has revealed where the NCAA truly stands with the Power Five teams and, and that group of, of conferences. Um, it's so confusing when you talk about what the role is of the NCAA. You know, they're the ones that, that crack down and, and break down, you know, come down hard on programs that break minor rules, but then you've got these other programs that are allegedly paying recruits and doing other things. And, you know, the punishment never seems fair. Uh, the lack of leadership in terms of determining, providing one singular voice for the power five conferences in terms of what to do this season, that has been apparent. And yet, you know, like, it's just a mess, and I think it's provided clarity that the, the Power Five, you know, it is they do need to 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 move forward, um, making moves to form their own their own body, their own governing body, right? I think that's where we need to to uh, to start moving towards. And then when it comes to the players. You know, when you talk about these football players and the revenue that they generate, you know, we talk about the, the money that the University of, of Utah and some of these other colleges that they generate, but that, do, that, doesn't, that doesn't reflect the, the boost to the, the local economy. I mean, when you're talking game day, people are going to downtown Salt Lake City, hitting up bars. It's it's thriving in Salt Lake City on game days. You're going to dinner after those afternoon games or whatever. You know, you, it, it helps. These college football programs help the local economy so much, but the revenue that they generate for the University of Utah itself is an unbelievable amount. Uh, when you actually break it down and do a dollar-by-dollar dollar breakdown, and I'm not going to do that. I I don't have enough time to do that, but – the, the revenue that they generate provides for so much throughout not just the athletic department, but the school itself. And I think that's kind of been a tricky situation for these schools to navigate now is because a lot of these schools have become so reliant on the revenue generated from football that, you know, schools have expanded, built buildings, added faculty based on the revenue that football provides and without that this year it's going to be tremendously damaging and so you know there are changes that need to be made and with that revenue I do think that players you know while they don't need to be signing contracts like a professional league 
you know, you can add an extra thousand, two thousand dollars to their stipend, and it won't hurt the bottom line at all. You can add that much, and if not more, you know what I mean. Like Tom, you've been, you've had that stipend, you've been through it. Um, you know, these guys deserve to to earn earn money while they're playing and and generating revenue for the university. I think one thing that is going to help these players is obviously the name image and likeness um which is set to begin i think next next year i think 2021 is when it's set to begin that'll be interesting to see what the actual impact that will have on you know on a program like the university of utah and other programs throughout the country yeah i think it's it's a fascinating conversation it's one that i mean, you know i'm sure we'll have uh, a number of other times over the coming yeah. months so you know it's this isn't so, going away anytime. No, no, and I don't think I don't think it will go away, Steve, until something happens, something changes, right. and it's significant. But you know, the, then you have people out there that are like, well, you know, they they get a free education. Yeah, you know, that's that's good. And it's like, well, yeah, that's, that's it's a valid argument. Don't get me wrong. And I and as a former uh, student athlete myself, you know, I greatly appreciated the free tuition that I was able to receive because of my scholarship. It was. Uh, Remarkable, but at the end of the day, uh, I can't speak on behalf of myself because I punted. But you know, for most football players, they do put their health on the line. Um, they do uh, they do potentially do some long term health uh, damage to themselves, um, and they do it because one, they love the game, and two, out of the enjoyment and entertainment that others get from it. But um, I, I just think the hours they put in, the work that goes into everything, the money. Maybe more importantly, that they're able to generate, you know, it's worthy of a, of a few more thousand uh, dollars than what they're currently receiving. Right. Um, but I guess you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see. And, and I think we're getting to a point too, Steve. It's worth noting that this "We Are United" campaign, you know, the players are starting to feel as though that their voices need to be heard. I think the more momentum that that gathers. Uh, and I don't en- en- envision it slowing down anytime soon. I just think that puts added pressure on the NCAA uh, and on separate conferences to kind of get together and say, "Okay, look, we're gonna we're running we're running into a brick wall." Because you know what? If I was a player right now, and I've got all this time to all of a sudden kind of contemplate and think about the future, uh, I- I'd-, I'd potentially go on strike. You know, I just boycott. I'd say enough's enough. I mean, let's let's stop. Let's stop beating around the bush. You know, let's do what's right. I think we can all agree the players are united. Uh, Coach Witt ain't making four million dollars without us. You know, the university ain't losing sixty million dollars because we're not playing. If it weren't for the players, so let's let's just do what's right and and come to an agreement. And until that happens, we're not going to play. We're not going to show up. We're not. You know, it's it's over. And uh, the NCAA is not going to allow that to happen. Uh, they're going to be essentially forced. They cor- they'll be cornered to uh, to make a move. But it'll be fascinating to see where this whole thing goes. Um, I just think it's also comical, Steve, and this is probably worthy of a conversation. I think it's comical that we got high school football. By the way, we're recording this on August the thirteenth. It's Thursday. We got high school football starting tonight. Um, and we got the NFL. They they seem to be on track to uh, to get their season going here shortly. But no college 
no college is going to be played. So, I mean, it's just like if, if you didn't think college football was in that big of a mess, I mean, just look around. we got high school football starting tonight, Steve. Yeah, man, it's crazy. we got high school football. We've got a big game tomorrow. Tip view, Lone Peak. We've got – it's just – it's uh, – it is amazing what is going on throughout the country with this pandemic, man. You've got – uh, a school district in Georgia that is quarantining a thousand students, um, and it is just madness everywhere, man. It doesn't make sense right now. It's crazy. Uh, like, so, just, can, why are they quarantining? Why are they quarantining thousand students? Can you give us more on they that? They tested positive. Oh wow! Literally, they had a. I don't know the exact number, but they had some crazy amount of positive tests for COVID-19 where now they have to have like a thousand kids quarantined. And, and they were going back to school. That's, yeah. that's why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. So the whole back to school thing, I mean, we don't need to get into it cause it's political, but the whole back to school thing doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I just don't understand how, how kids are meant to go back to school. I mean, like how are we meant to go back to school? Right. And you know, when we're talking about high school football, you know, we've already seen one game canceled with Bingham and, and uh and what was it uh it wasn't east uh no weber bingham and weber is who it was that game's already been canceled because there were three positive uh covid 19 tests um players or coaches at at bingham you know and i know there was another covid 19 scare at a high school up in davis county so you know so you're already you've already got positive tests and you've yet to actually go back to school once you get back to school, man, with that transmission rate, like it's it's game over. Like it's it's a matter of time before you know high school sports in uh, in Utah is shut down this fall. I hate to I hate to say that because I want these kids to play. You know, it's been fun getting out to practices and watching these guys, but man, it's 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 just a matter of time, man. It's crazy. I um right before I, we we came on this podcast, we before we hit record, I. I saw something on Twitter, and I'm trying to find it now, but I'm having a hard time doing so. But I saw a tweet that said um, that the Bingham coach has actually denied the, that three of his players had tested positive, which is like, oh, man. So I don't know what's going on, but there's there's something happening, and it's, it's certainly not good. But, yeah, well, here we are in Utah, just kind of kicking on by. High school football starting. We don't have an NFL team, but I guess we'll start caring a lot more about that this year. But we don't have college, so uh, anyway, we still we'll still plow through, do this. But what are we going to do on the podcast? If we're going to have to come up with some creative ways to entertain our beloved listeners because they deserve it. Uh, maybe you know what? Maybe we do, Steve. Do you own? Uh, and what was the last NCAA game? Uh, I've got NCAA 14 somewhere around here. I, I do have the last one, but I think it was for my uh, my Xbox One. I don't know if it was for my Xbox 360. Uh, we need to get on uh, the eBay and see if we can track yeah. down some some NCAA games. And maybe what we do is we just stream you know, who Utah were, because I think you can update the, the rosters yeah, to the current yeah. rosters. That could be I fun. Think, I think it's uh, Cam Meller, who was formerly a uh, PFF pro football focus, who's now writing for, like, SB Nation. 
he's like known for creating these NCAA rosters that are just like top notch, like perfectly rated. Like they had Zach Moss at like a ninety four last year. Nice. Cam Miller's on top of these things. Shout out to me. Yeah, shout out to Cam. Maybe that. I don't know. I, we, we're going to have to get together and brainstorm some ideas because we're going to be lonely. We're going to be lost. And the people that listen to this podcast, they're also going to rely on us to, to – I mean, look, there will be stuff happening, and I think that's probably where we need to go is that as of right now, and it could all, it could, it's all subject to change, of course, but they're, they're in this 20-hour-a-week mode, which is kind of the time – allowed uh during the season or the off season no this season it's eight hours during the off season so um what they're doing is they've got three conditioning workouts whether that's in the gym or out on the track running and then they're also practicing three times a week um it's all non-contact albeit um but they they're still out there i mean they're, they're still practicing and I'm kind of torn on, on, on that, I guess. I, I understand the importance of maintaining some sort of schedule. But at the same time, Steve, a part of me goes, you know, if I were to put myself back into my playing day shoes and, and envision myself, pretend like I'm still on the team and going through all of this, I don't know how chuffed I would be to learn that... Uh, the season just got cancelled, and all of the work that had gone into the season right. is now essentially irrelevant. To being told by the head coach that we're going to continue grinding and grueling out practices, when essentially, I, you know, like if if they do, and and I guess we'll, we'll get to this eventually, if they do end up playing in the spring, I mean, it is like significant time. Uh, away it's like six months away or so 100 i think i did the math it's like 142 days away now uh which is a long time i mean it's many many months and so um it'll be interesting to see how the university of utah handles that because i don't really understand why you would need to practice three days a week and put your body through added strain and add, added anxiety and stress to what is already a very uh stressful yeah, right? I mean, I just don't... I, I'd give the players some time off. Like, hey, don't leave the city. Don't go home. But just, like, spend a few days, maybe a week, and just regroup. And just mellow out. Spend some time on the couch. Don't go crazy. Like, let's not go partying and being reckless. But we, we are still in a pandemic. But just relax for a minute and turn the TV on. And if you've got homework, make sure that's a priority, but don't worry about football for a week because they probably deserve some, some time to just, just recharge the batteries. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Kind of regain their bat, their, their bearings with everything. And, you know, I think it's interesting with the cancellation of, of the season, you know, these guys aren't going to be required to, to go home. Like they're not, they're not forced to go home or anything like that. They don't, they don't have to go home. They're not going to ship them out because the season's canceled. But at the same time, they also don't have to stay on campus. They don't have to stay there, you know, if, if they elect to do so. I think that's something that Harlan talked about, you know, in his media, in his uh, media availability yesterday is, you know, they, they're going to be kids that will want to go home and they and Utah is going to do their best to accommodate those, the, the, you know those that want to go home 
Um, and you know, if, if the kids elect to do that, they, they should be able to do that. You know, we're, we're going through something we've never been through before. It's, it's stressful. Like you said, I'm, I'm interested to, to, you know, to see who's, you know, who's committed to, to working through all of this, who's, you know, going to put in the work, who's going to stick it out and, and just go that extra mile, you know, to, to put in that work and put in the hours in the gym and, you know, I think with how, and you could probably talk more to this than I can, I think with how Kyle Whittingham and Utah, it seems like they've been, you know, they've handled this about as well as they could in terms of making this an easy, as easy as possible, right? This isn't going to be an easy situation to work through um, when you've got to be tested every time you walk into the facility, when you got to, you know, do certain things and, tracks other things like that gets tedious it gets annoying gets frustrating but i think kyle and and the the entire staff have done a pretty good job at least according to the people that i've talked to and just providing a good experience for the kids while they've been here and i think that's going to be key you know moving forward is that that experience has to continue for these kids you know to make it worth it for them no question for for utah to to, to really contend whenever they play next spring or next fall, they have got to utilize this time. Um, and they've got to turn what is, you know, a, a massive negative in not having a full season somehow into a positive positive. And that's doable. And, 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 and you, you maintain structure. Like I talked about earlier, you work hard, you get in the gym, you put on muscle, you become more explosive, you perfect your craft. If you're a wide receiver, you just get on the jugs machine. I mean, you just work, 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 work. But my, my stance is if I was coach Winningham, I would give these players like, like a week off just sure. that. But I just think it's, it's required mentally. I think it's, you can't, I just don't think it's, it's reasonable to ask young adults, 18, 19, 20 year olds to jump right into it. You know, despite the news coming down earlier this week that there were like, if like, I imagine most of the people listening are Utah fans. And I imagine most of, of the listeners were probably heartbroken and just devastated when that news dropped on, on Tuesday at at about 2 PM mountain time. And if you felt that way, just put yourself in the shoes of like a college kid who's worked so many hours and put in so much effort to try and get themselves ready for a full season. And for that to just come crumbling down, you know, heartbreaking, you know, like really, really, really difficult to, to wrap your head around. And so these kids at the minute are just, you know, that they're in all sorts of in between their ears. It's just a head case. And so I think it's really important uh, and again, I'm not the head coach, so we'll see what happens. But I, I, I personally believe they need some time to just, just relax yeah. and just yeah. chill out, yeah. and spend time at home, and don't go out and be reckless, but just relax for a minute. But anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Do you think that a spring season is realistic, Steve? Man, it's going to be tough, man. I don't know that you can have a season even like the one, even like a, not, a conference only schedule, like the, the PAC 12 released uh, a couple of weeks ago. I, I think even something like that, I, 
I just don't know how viable that is, how doable that is. I do think that you can do something, you know, creative. You can, I think six games, something like that, maybe a glorified scrimmage, you know, where you're, you're scrimmaging other programs, you know, kind of like a, kind of like a spring game, right? Like the red and white game, but it's now red versus green. You know, I think you could do something like that. And, and I just think, I, I don't think it's, and again, we're talking about safety here. I, it's just two seasons played within five months of each other. I just, I don't know how you can ask that of these college kids, you know, professional athletes. Sure. You know, let's do it. But these college kids, man, like, no, like they don't need to be put through that. I, it's, I think that's something, you know, I would hope that we see something, some sort of plan at least. Um, but in terms of how much I believe it actually happens, you know, I, I don't believe too much. What about you, Tom? I, I'm I'm with you. I mean, let's let's forget about whether or not there's a vaccine. Let's just assume there's a vaccine, Steve. Let's just, for argument's sake, assume there's a vaccine, and we don't have to worry about you know heart inflammation or the virus itself. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think it's very very demanding to ask these college kids to play two seasons in one calendar year, uh, but I do think it's possible to play games. And I do think those games should mean something um, because let's be real. I mean, if Utah can find a way to play in the spring, the entire state of Utah will be watching. I mean, the entire country will be watching. And so it's, you know, that there is an audience there um, and there's certainly money there and the university come springtime could probably, you know, I'm no rocket scientist, but could probably do it with a few dollars after a $60 million loss in 2020. But I, I would go, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, maybe, maybe a month or two ago now, but I would go Pac-12 South plays every member of the Pac-12 South, so that's five games, and then the same, the same is done in the Pac-12 North. The winner of the Pac-12 South plays the winner of the Pac-12 North, and that's how you crown your Pac-12 champion. Because then you're playing a, ma- a maximum six games. Most teams will only play five, but if you win the, if you win the division, you play one more and then it's, and then it's six. And I, I think you can get away with playing six games, half a season. I think you could get away with playing. Sure. I don't know if you could get away with playing any more than that. Um, and there might not be any real need to play any less than that, but you know, that to me makes more sense than anything. A full schedule, I think we're hoping for, but we're not going to get um, and then there's, and then like let's just assume the Big Twelve, the SEC and the ACC play in the fall. Steve, what's going to happen with championship games? Like, are they all of a sudden now on hold until the Pac-12 and the Big Ten gets done playing their kind of modified seasons? I mean, like, I the logistics behind it are. Uh, like crazy hard to try and navigate through. Well, are you pulling up the big, I saw, I saw there was a document from, was it the big 10 as to how to play in the spring? Is that what you're pulling up? No, I was pulling up something. I, I I think the college football playoff committee sent something out today 
that essentially said, like, we're still moving forward as is to find the best teams. Like, basically, like, let's let's keep moving forward. You know, and whatever football is played, we'll try to figure out um, the uh, the best teams in college football. So I think according to the college football playoff, like, they're still moving forward, you know, as if the season is going to carry on. Um, Would they wait until the spring to play the championship game? <laughs> it, it, that wasn't specified. Uh, but here is here is the official quote. This comes from uh, the uh, the committee chair Gary Barta, who is the athletic director at the University of Iowa. He says, "We don't know right now what the season will bring, but as a committee, we are ready to use the protocol and the expertise of 13 people who have been charged with selecting teams." So, I mean, <laughs> like they readily admit they don't know what the hell is going to happen, but they're <laughs> going to do the best that they can to select these playoff teams. So, you know, like, it's just crazy. I think the NCAA actually just announced, I think while we've been recording, that other NCAA, so other fall championships, they, it, the, there, there won't be fall NCAA championships for other sports outside of football is what the NCAA just announced, I think, 10 minutes ago or so. So, um, pretty crazy. But, yeah. According to the playoff committee, they're still moving forward. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man. <laughs> Just a mess, it's, right? Like, this oh, is a mess. It's complete and utter chaos. And there's no other way to say it. It's just a living nightmare. <laughs> but, like, come on. We need change, Steve. Like, if this isn't, if this isn't a sign... Then, Lord, help us. Literally, the playoff committee is like, we're, we're moving forward as is, while the NCAA is canceling everything else. It's just, you know, the separation between the two just continues to, uh, to grow and grow, even while we podcast. So, oh. <laughs> this is just fantastic. Is Vanderbilt going to be a top 25 team by the time this, <laughs> this year's over? It's like, for the first time in school history. Vanderbilt are the 20th best team in the country. It's like, go bleep yourself, (laughs) college football. Seriously, can we stop this? This It's embarrassing. It's It's like the most popular sport. Or or, or, I shouldn't say that because that's up to debate. But it's like I would go and say, and I don't have any numbers and I haven't read any numbers, but I'm sure they're out there and I'm sure you could prove me wrong. But I'm willing to say college football is a top five sport in North America, depending on where you live. But, like, it is so popular. You know, it, you, could, you could even go as far as saying top three. Top three in the entire country. You've got the NFL, which I think takes the cake, the NBA, and then it's probably college football, depending on where you live. And it's just here we are. Yeah. In absolute shambles, like beyond yeah. belief. Uh, oh, it it drives it kind of drives me crazy, but at the same time, I kind of love it because it's just so entertaining to follow. It is, yeah. Like to say the least, it's been uh, provided a lot of conversation. <laughs> 
sometimes some laughs, sometimes some tears, some pain, some frustration. But man, it's been just nonstop. Just this, the, the craziness, the madness between it all. Uh, it is just unbelievable to watch it unfold. Mm. Well, look, we um, we will do our best to continue to to provide insight into the game, uh, into the Utah football program. We will do everything we can to to just try and keep our listeners sane by talking about Utah football, letting them know what's going on. Um, by the way, I thought I, I found I found this funny. Uh, I'm sure you saw this, Steve, but uh, Dr. Petron went on a local radio station uh, that you actually find yourself on a bit, and I will eventually make uh, occasionally, I should say, make an appearance on as well. But um, and he mentioned that they're at, you know since they began testing, they'd only received like three positive yeah. tests. So, I mean, it was something ludicrous. And I I read that, and I was like, I just I don't know if he's telling the truth. <laughs> I just, here's why. Because last Friday, okay, and this is between you and all of our listeners, all right? So let's not go and oh, share yeah. this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's only it's just a couple thousand people. But sure, the Utah football program had to stop practicing. They sent out a memo on Friday night where they were like, hey, We've had a few cases pop up. Now, everybody's good, and, and, you know, we don't have to, like, stress. Nobody's in the hospital, thankfully, but it's probably in our best interest, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, to just put a halt on proceedings, and we'll take four days off. And I don't have the exact numbers as to how many of the athletes tested positive. I don't, but I... Yeah. Like, I speak to people, like... (laughs) I don't know if Dr. Petron was telling the truth. So I'm like, who are we believing here? It's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, what? Because I've heard, I've heard some numbers, so it's just funny. Shout uh, out to Dr. That. Petron. Yeah, shout oh. out to that guy. <laughs> I'm so glad love- you brought that up, Tom. <laughs> I love him. I love him. He's a really good dude. Really good. <laughs> I did that, and I was like, oh, I was like, hold on a second. Okay. okay. Like, I think he's lying through his teeth. Like, three this week? Or... Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I just couldn't. And I, like, you know, I saw it on Twitter, because I don't listen to the radio station as often as I, I probably should, but... I'm at home now. I don't have kind of, I don't have the radio on all the time. I'm not driving, but so I didn't hear him say it. But I I saw it on Twitter, and I was like, I'm just not going to say anything. But like, I really wanted to just pipe up and say, I don't want to call Doctor Petron out because he's got way more credibility than me. But I'm 99 percent sure that ain't the truth. <laughs> Yeah, oh. just a, just not a good look. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, it's so funny. Anyway, I don't know what's happening. I just have no idea. All right, Steve. Tom um, Dr. Petron. I'm here for it, man. Let's go. Man, man I need you on my side. It's got to be Bartle and Hackett versus I'm Petron. I'm on your side. There we go. Bartle and Hackett. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. Um, 
Yeah, we'll be at Nateway Subaru, okay, next Thursday, 3 to 5. Yes. I'll give another shout-out to them. they got this Lots of Love event going on. Uh, that's the 20th of August, for those that are tuning in. Uh, and we would love to have you guys come down. Now, here's the deal. Uh, please do wear a mask, just, you know, for courtesy for us. Uh, we'd love it. We don't really want to see anybody down there without a mask on because I just don't think, and I'll speak on behalf of both of us, I wouldn't and Steve wouldn't feel comfortable with you down there without a mask. So if you're going to come, show up with a mask. And, of course, uh, try and socially distance uh, yourself as best as possible. Um, but we would love to have you down there. I'm sure there'll be stuff that we can give you. Uh, KSL News Radio, uh, the uh, the Arrow, two of uh, Salt Lake and Utah's uh, top radio stations will be down there uh, showcasing what they're all about. So please come down, uh, say good day, Steve. It's been fun. It really has. It's yes. just mind boggling uh, to talk about some of this stuff. But the show must go on, as they say. And so we'll be around. Um, we hope you guys have enjoyed the episode as much as we have. And again, Nate Wade Subaru next week. Steve, my friend, enjoy golf. And uh, thanks again for uh, hanging out with me, man. Hey, no, Tom. Thank you, man. I, I needed these laughs, man. I needed them. Thank you, Tom. So did I. All right, guys. See ya. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 